0: And may we see Jesus through these words In his name we pray, Amen Well good morning everyone And uh, it really is good to be here uh, with you this morning And thanks first of all to, to Ramsey For uh, being so kind in his words As he said at the beginning uh, And also thanks to Andy and Jan June For publicising God's Big Picture A really good course, do sign up for it uh, But it's now September and for most of us, our summer holidays are over. We hope they've had a good time. We've enjoyed them plenty of ice cream, as we were thinking about before. And of course, this week, many of our church groups, particularly for our children and young people, will be starting again, and we prayed for them earlier. And also, as we were thinking early in the service, schools will be going back for the beginning of the new academic year. And I wonder if you can cast your minds back. For some of you, might be quite a while, but cast your minds back to your own school days to the first day of the school year when often there was a very special beginning of year assembly when everyone was in the hall smartly dressed wondering what the coming year would have in store as a head teacher I had the privilege of leading these beginning of year assemblies for 21 years and actually I would always start off in the same way it's a bit boring actually doing it 21 years but I would always start off in the same way and I think actually Liz Jackson must have been hiding in the back because there were lots of hands up in the assemblies. I think she uh, must have seen me do that. Because what I would say was, uh, put your hand up if you're really pleased to be back at school. And there were one or two hands that just timidly went up. And then I would say, um, all right, put your hand up if you're quite pleased to be back at school. And a few more hands went up. All right, put your hand up if you're okay about coming back to school. And a lot more hands went up at that point. Actually, it was quite interesting to see when the staff put their hands up. <laughs> Liz Tufton's been a bit embarrassed there. <laughs> but then I'll go on and talk about uh, all that's achieved in, in the past year. The good things uh, and the not-so-good things, where perhaps students hadn't quite worked hard enough or had too many detentions. And then we'd look at where we are now, where exam results just come out, and we'd look at where we were, what these told us. And then we'd look forward to what will be happening in the coming year. And ask God to be with us in all that lay ahead. Now, I'm not saying that Malachi's prophecy to the people of God is a glorified school assembly. It is more than that. But there are some similarities. But what Malachi does show us is God's big picture just like what Andy and June were telling us about it before. So do sign up again for that course. So what I want to do this morning is, just like in that school assembly, is to look back, consider the present situation, and then to look forward. So first of all, looking back. In the first session we had in Malachi a few weeks ago that David preached on, we saw these amazing words. I have loved you, says the Lord, in the second verse of the book. I have loved you, says the Lord. And the Lord said that to the people at the very beginning of this prophecy to show that they were his special people and that he loved them with a unique, awesome love. And they weren't a perfect people, far from it. As a people they kept turning away from God and his standards. Uh, Jacob, later called Israel, uh, who gave his name to that nation, uh, appears in that first section of the prophecy, and he himself was uh, deceitful, he was very uh, manipulative, and yet despite all that, the Lord said, "I have loved you. It was all by grace. Nothing that Jacob nor his descendants deserved. It was all by grace. And the Lord said that to the people because he wanted them to hold on to his love through all the difficult things that were going to happen to them. And the Lord wants us to hold on to his love for all the difficult things that we may face. I have loved you, says the Lord. And then if we go on to the, the, the present situation, what I've called the present sinfulness of the people. Uh, a few weeks ago, Matt took us through a long passage in chapters 1 and 2, where Malachi told the people that God was angry with them over their offerings. He called them polluted offerings, sacrifices that were lame or sick, and he called the givers of these sacrifices evil cheats. God saw how much the people disregarded his love and authority. And worst of all were the priests who allowed these offerings to take place the priests were meant to lead their people in their worship of God but instead they led the people astray and this is what he says to them in chapter 2 verse 9 but you have turned aside from the way you have caused men to stumble by your instruction you have corrupted the covenant of Levi says the Lord of hosts. So these priests who are meant to lead people to God and to look to God are being described as corrupt And then a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan showed us that the people were absolutely faithless. They were faithless to each other. For example, by not taking their marriage vows seriously. And so they were faithless to God. And so we finally come to this week's passage, where we see the sinfulness of the people in chapter 2, verse 17. And this is what Malachi says. You have weared the Lord with your words. But you say... How have we wearied him By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Now, does this mean that the Lord doesn't want to hear our prayers, doesn't want to hear our words? Does it mean that we weary him when we come in prayer? Well, of course not. Certainly not. He wants us to come in prayer to him, He wants us to have a relationship with him where we pour our hearts to him and even to complain to him. That's what God wants. So he doesn't wee with our words of prayer. Jonathan, in a recent evening service, led us through Psalm 64, which begins, Hear my voice, O God, and my complaint. David was complaining to God about his circumstances but God listened to him God listened to his complaint he wasn't angry that that David complained God was not weary with David but in this verse in Malachi the people weird God with their words because they were complaining against him now no difference between complaining against and complaining to it was as if the people that Malachi was addressing were speaking about God behind his back. They were saying that God delights in evil. And yet nothing could be further from the truth. God's character means that he hates evil. You weigh the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we weighed him? By saying everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking where is the God of justice? Well, the God of justice was going to give his answer. So let's look to the future. And the beginning of chapter 3 gives God's answer. So in verse 1, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. This is the beginning of God's answer. God was going to send a messenger. In fact, he was going to send two messengers. The first messenger is the one who will actually prepare the way. In chapter 4, Malachi considers Elijah to be the messenger. In the New Testament, Jesus actually used this verse from Malachi to describe John the Baptist who prepared the way for him. And John the Baptist is often considered to be an Elijah-type figure, Who prepared the way for the Lord? So, the first messenger is the one who will come and prepare the way for the Lord Elijah stroke John the Baptist. Then, the Lord Himself is the second messenger. He will suddenly come to His temple with a new covenant. In other words, Jesus is coming with a new agreement between God and His people. And we know from the New Testament that agreement is based on His blood shed for us on the cross Jesus is the Lord that the people were seeking but were the people really ready for the coming of the Lord Malachi asked the question in in verse 2 but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears implying that no one can, no one can stand no one can endure it Perhaps the people were hoping that the messenger was going to turn a blind eye to all the sin that they were committing. But that wasn't going to be the case. That wasn't going to be the case. Because then he goes on to say in that verse, for he's like a refiner's fire, unlike foolish soap. Now the refiner's fire burns away impurities to leave pure gold or pure silver. And the foolish soap is used to clean cloth by pounding it. So in the action of the coming Lord he's like a refiner's fire taking out our impurities and like us soap clean, cleansing us. Refining and cleansing us. And it says in verse 3 and 4 that he will start with the corrupt wayward priests. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Now it was the sons of Levi, the priest, who will be refined like gold and silver, shining, glowing, and precious. Whereas the offerings they used to present were polluted, lame, and sick. Now they'll be perfect. Offering righteousness as they should be. And these offerings will be pleasing to the Lord as they were in the days of old and in former years. Perhaps at the time of Moses or at the time of David. So the corrupt were priests will be refined first and they'll be like gold and silver. And then he comes to judge others. Uh, those that one writer, uh, R.T. Kendall has called those who commit satanic, sexual and social sins so in verse 5 he says then I will draw near to you for judgment I will be a swift witness against those sorcerers against the adulterers against those who swear falsely against those who oppress the hired worker and his wages, the widow and the fatherless against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me says the Lord of hosts so against sorcerers that's those who commit satanic sins against adulterers, those who commit sexual sins against all these other groups who are oppressing others who commit social sins and looking out in society we can see how awful things are there we can see that uh, there are people who are following the ways of Satan they're practicing black magic There are people there who oppress the poor and the powerless. People who destroy marriages. People who destroy lives. And we quite rightly say, judgment should come to them. Judgment should come to them for what they're doing. But actually, if we say that, we're missing the point of what Malachi is saying. Because God is speaking through Malachi not to the world, but to the people of Israel. Israel in our case the church the apostle Peter says this in one of his letters for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God so in verse 5 of that chapter in Malachi judgment has been described for Christians the household of God for Christians but you might say they are not things I do I mean, I don't know anything about sorcery or black magic or anything at all like that. But if you think of that reading that Matt read to us from Revelation, there was a church rebuked by the risen Lord Jesus, the church in Laodicea. And remember, this is what Jesus says to them. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you're either cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Really strong words from Jesus as he spoke to this church. But perhaps these words are referring to us as well, to you and to me. That's weird lukewarm, perhaps. And Jesus says that he will spit us out of his mouth for being lukewarm. So what does being lukewarm mean? Well it could mean that we claim to be Christians and we come to church regularly and we do all the religious things but in our day to day lives we leave Jesus out. We tend to do things in our own strength. We tend to use our own abilities rather than letting Jesus live through us and having an impact on others through us. As I had, when things went well, I used to think, Well, oh, that's pretty good; things are going well," and I used to take some of the credit for it, which wasn't right, because I should have given glory to God. It was God that did these things, and I should have thanked God for them. And then something would come along and give me a clunk, and God would give me a shake. I came to know God's refining judgment. God's refining love that Malachi described. And he had to do that a number of times as I was taught to rely upon him and let his power uh, work through me. When we suffer hardships and difficulties in our lives, whether we do it with our families, our health, our employment, our finances, that's perhaps God working through the process. Of refining us, so we become more like Jesus and rely on his power in our lives. Jesus goes on to say to the church and later cheer Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. And that's the command to us, whom he loves. And he wants to refine us. And so we need to be zealous and repent. And we know that he loves us because he's waiting for us. He's told us he loves us, and he's waiting for us. A pretty famous verse, Revelation three twenty, says this: "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me." So, if you're not a Christian this morning, If you've never invited Jesus to come into your life, that verse is for you. He's waiting for you to open the door of your life, to ask him to come in, to take away your sin and to bring you new life. So you need to take that loving invitation seriously. He's waiting outside the door of your life. But that verse is also for Christians. Because remember, Jesus actually said it to our church. That verse is all for Christians we need to come to, that, to, that, to him and open that door in repentance for our sin including the sin of being lukewarm of not allowing Jesus to live through us and if we do open that door he will come in and give us that fresh start we as Christians need to take that loving invitation seriously as well it may be that God has been speaking to you directly this morning from the words, the words from Malachi or from Jesus' words in Revelation perhaps it's because you're not a Christian and you need to become a Christian or because of some particular sin like described in Malachi 3.5 or because of being lukewarm not allowing Jesus to live through you day by day we're shortly going to have our prayer of confession where we can take our sin to him But before we say that prayer, let's have a minute or two of silence where we can bring to God what he's placed on our individual hearts about how we stand before him, where we fall short. So let's spend a couple of minutes of silence and let God speak to us and we take these things to the Lord. So let's pray together, Almighty God. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our fellow men in thought and word and deed, in the evil we have done and in the good we have not done, through ignorance, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. to The glory of your name. Amen. Two or three verses further on in Malachi, the Lord says this, Return to me, and I will return to you. So we know that if we come to him and open the door to him in repentance and faith, he will come into our lives and forgive us and make us new. Amen. Let's now sing our our final hymn, the great Wesleyan hymn, which talks about God's love working within us. Love divine, all love excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down, fixing us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Let's stand and sing.